Tasting Anarchy, your wine and liberty podcast. Join Mason and Jake each week as they try new wines and discover how much government is in your drink. Hello and welcome to a fantastic episode of Tasting Anarchy. I'm your host, Jacob Lindsay, and as always, I'm joined by... Mason Joseph, the two people most willing to dox themselves on the internet, apparently. <laughs> I think so, yeah. You know, and a lot of people... Uh, what's funny, too, at, you listen to the new Peaceful Treason, friend of the I show and, yes. and guests. Uh, they were talking about how like people are going away from their actual names to like handles again. Mm-hmm. And... And I guess some people never really left that. I've had the hardest time because I've done guest appearances on other shows. I've had the hardest time being called either Tasting Anarchy or Childeberg. Mm-hmm. And they'll say it and, and like they'll be like, so Childeberg, what do you think about this? And like I sit there in silence for a second and I go, oh, they're talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that That's the thing is like, you know, um, you know, our your former boss, my boss, like calls me all sorts of nicknames and half the time like when he'll start, like I've just, he, he'll start with the first two, sil- the first two letters, you know, like Mace or something like that. And it's like, Muh. and I'm like, okay, paying attention. And then it's not Mason. And I'm like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> and then right. like, I had a friend in, uh, when I went to NC state, like he was part of the ROTC and his name was David Drews. Mm-hmm. So everybody called him Drews, but I always called him David because I, you know, I just didn't call people by their last name. And he was like, well, can I call you Joseph? Just because he was trying to get used to the ROTC because he thought he was going to enlist after college. He ended up not, thank goodness, because it would not have suited him. Um, right. But he would like, and I was like, no. And he's like, well, I'm not going to call you Mason. And I was like, well, my middle name's Elliot. So I would just hear somebody randomly shouting Elliot. And I'm like, wait, that's my middle name. Oh crap. That's David. <laughs> Turn around and be like, Hey, what's up, man? So like, even when people like, I intend to come up with a nickname or like something like that, I still just would be like, uh, like, yeah, I, I've never, I've never been good with the, with nickname. I mean, I guess Jake is mm-hmm. sort of a nickname, but like, and there was a small period of time with a group of people in high school where they called me Mountain Man. And I could never figure out what that was about or like why I couldn't tell if it was like because you were six something. five. And I, th- I thought I, I, yeah, that's, that's why I was thinking maybe because, yeah, like I'm like, you know, in ninth grade and six four mm-hmm. and there. So like that could have been it or it could have been like. I used to wear flannel all the time. I was going to say, like, you also probably did wear flannel a lot. And your hair was yeah. long then too, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, and you, you, I mean, you've always been a, like, not always, but I mean, you, you're a taller guy. And for a while there, you were a heavier guy too. Right, exactly. And, yeah. and I, you know, like, yeah, you don't grow facial hair super, super well. I mean, just like me. Um, yeah. So, like, I could see somebody in, like, high school calling you Mountain Man. And then you see, like, a real guy from the mountains of California. And you're like, nope. Don't look like that guy at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Way more clean cut. Like, yeah. So I, I think that might, that might've been part of it because there was, and then there was also, uh, I had this friend and this will come up actually in our articles today. I had a friend from Taiwan mm-hmm. who could not remember that my name was Jacob and he always called me Jared. So, and it was, you know how like in high school, like everybody sits at like the same lunch table. You have like your lunch table group. Uh, well, so, cause I went to princess Anne um, yeah, they, we only were required to be there for three periods. Um, and then the fourth period, it was if you wanted to take an additional class. So like lunch was only 15 minutes. So oh, we actually okay. didn't have like a consistent 
like lunch table, um, sort of thing. But where, when I was in ninth and 10th grade, the anime kids who I hung out with all hung out at a certain table in between class periods when they could. So like, right. I do know what you mean. I just didn't have yeah. that same functionality. Uh, yeah. Well, that's interesting. Cause we, I, and that's right. You went to like a, like a programming school or whatever, where you left campus. Yeah. I, I eventually went to kind of, it wasn't vocational education, but it was the STEM style equivalent. Okay. Cause yeah. that, so the first two years I was in school, in high school, I had like a, a lunch period and mm-hmm. we were, and then it was, I guess it was like half lunch, half study block. And then, um, then later on I was just allowed to leave. So, <laughs> and, and so I would, I would try to schedule my, I would try to schedule things so that my last period was lunch and I would just leave. Mm-hmm. And, um, anyways, but this, this, this guy from Taiwan could not remember my name was Jacob and he would always call me Jared. Speaking of somebody else. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, what's funny is that like there there are like three most common names in um, libertarian circles. One is Jared. Like there's a ton of Jareds in the liberty movement. Hmm. And the other one's Jake. There are like – there's at least – in one of the chats that, I, that I'm part of on Discord, there's mm-hmm. at least four – there's at least four Jakes. They even started their own Discord, like sub Discord. I, I, don't, I don't know Discord very well where it's like uh, – united jakes or something like that because there's there's so many on it and then there's like a united jared's or something like that too Mm -hmm. where there's just like a ridiculous amount of jakes and jared's in this chat group and and none of us really know each other that well but uh it just so happens there's so many in the liberty movement but it kind of makes sense because they're all roughly around my age Mm -hmm. and and jared and jake were both extremely popular names in the late 80s well and that's funny because like you know out here in in Virginia, I didn't know that many Jacobs, and I definitely didn't know that many Jareds. And like in elementary school, like there was four classes, let's say, per year. Yeah. And I didn't know everyone, everybody, but I knew the vast majority of people because it like even though we were a military town, it was such a small neighborhood. And then the same thing getting up into um middle school, like I knew most of the people, like I wouldn't, you know, like I didn't have, I wasn't friends with everybody, but like I knew most people's names or kind of had an idea who they were. And then in high school I didn't, but like, I really didn't run into that many Jakes or Jacobs and that sort of thing. So that's funny. That's interesting. Yeah. Cause like in, in, um, the part of California I'm from in my preschool group, there were four Mm -hmm. in my same class. There was me and three other Jakes. Yeah. And I maybe you know it must just be a like a kind of like a weird uh California thing, I guess. Well, did I tell you that one of my coworkers who was hired after her son was born is named her son who's like nearly three is named Mason? Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. So like huh. Mason became a very popular name something like ten years ago. Like the kids are like starting to get kind of like where they could theoretically interact with us like on a more adult level um, and not just like little squirts. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, Mason has become a popular name. And so like, for me, it's always been like, I'm the only Mason, you, you know, yeah. I mean, you like, we've, well, like, it, it is, it is an, now and yeah. like, we've never run yeah. into another one. <laughs> no, not, not very many. And, and, and also there was always that thing when you and I were hanging out when we were in our early twenties, where a lot of people would think Mason was your last name. Mm-hmm. 
and and Joseph was your first name. Yeah, they would like they would like make them backward. Exactly. So yeah, no, that's just uh, one of those funny things where it's like, oh yeah, no one. <laughs> so I don't even I don't even know what threw us on that tangent for the last eight minutes. I don't either. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, uh, we've got a long. Uh, I've got two articles, so I guess we'll go ahead and get get into yeah. uh, the wines for today because mm-hmm. I do have two articles that I want to cover because we didn't cover any of them last time. So, uh, what are you drinking? You, you texted me about it, so you seem kind of excited. Uh, did yeah. the excitement, you know, fulfill itself? It did. Um, so I have Campe or Campo Viejo uh, um, Reserva 20, 2015 Rio. Rioja. Um, so it was a Kroger wine. Um, I had the art series bottle, so it's got a really kind of cool art on the bottle. Um, it's 14% alcohol by volume. I mean, it was a 2015 Reserva. So, I mean, like that's kind of the thing is, as you and I always talk about, um, you know, getting a, a good value. Um, and that, not to say that like 2015 Rioja Reserva is like specifically known to be like a best of Spain, but you know, is that Kroger? It was like 16 bucks or something like that. Um, like my wife said that, cause I always have her smell them. Cause like I can never really tell. She said it smelled like green apple. Um, it was super, super dark. Um, very dry kind of as, uh, Rollo was saying last week, you know, it wasn't jammy necessarily, but it was close. It like, it had that kind of lead into it. But again, it was super dry. It was just, it was a very comforting and felt like home red wine. And that's kind of the thing that I've found recently is I drink a lot more reds than I used to. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I won't say that reds are my favorite anymore, but I tend to have the least amount of issues with reds. Cause like for a while there, I was having some problems where like, I would just have to go to the bathroom a lot when I would drink whites and stuff. And then like red never really did that very much to me. And, but this was very, it was mellow and well-aged. It was just a good bottle of wine. It was at Kroger. It was just easy to get a hold of. And like, if I haven't done this one on the show before, I have been seeing the bottle since as long as we've been doing the show. (laughs) So I keep going like, I should get one of those. And I finally, it seemed, it seemed, yeah, it definitely seemed familiar when you texted me the picture, but I could not, but it's also not an uncommon brand. I think I've had the brand and I think they actually make, they have at least two at Kroger's. Like I think they have the one reserve below Reserva. They have Reserva. And I think they have the one above it too. Um, but again, like not to say oh, that grand, like, grand Reserva. Yeah, I think they do have a Grand Reserva, but I don't know if they have it at Kroger. But again, it, it was one of those ones where it's just like I've been drinking a lot of beer recently because we had my birthday party a couple weeks ago, and we yeah. bought a case of Yinglings. I've been drinking a bunch of Yinglings. I've gotten these uh, Delta Eight uh, THC gummies, so I've been having a lot of like consumables, let's say. And I was just like, I want to kind of a like classic for us red wine. And this hit the spot like perfectly Um, as peaceful treason has put out a new episode after six months, they like to do ratings. I will give it a solid eight out of 10. Um, Like it's one of those ones that I opened it yesterday, had a good strong glass. It was more aggressive up front and even 
just lightly recorking it and I didn't, you know, shove it all the way back then. I, I could have corked it better. Um, yeah. it opened up and mellowed out a lot. So I personally like it fresh, like open. I don't really like to mellow them out because I don't get as much of the flavor, but even with it being mellowed out, um, cause I finished the bottle today, definitely worthwhile. That's good. Um, yeah. I will, uh, surprise you with what I drank today. Oh, um, and I still have a glass of it left that I'm kind of still sipping on is a sparkling. Mm. Uh, yes. It, and not because I picked it out because it was still in the fridge from new year's and, <laughs> uh, we didn't open it. And so while, while I was kind of like, Oh, what, what am I going to do? I was, I was thinking about going down to the grocery store and getting something that I was like, you know what? I know I have something in the fridge. So we had, we had, you know, I had beers and I had a, and I had a wine in there as well. Um, and some, actually some cider or some, uh, meads from mm-hmm. Agora. And mm. I was like, well, I'm not going to open, I'm not going to open one of these because that's kind of more for like a party situation or what, where I have a lot of people over cause I want them to try it. And, uh, and also they don't belong to me. They're Daniels. So, um, I don't want to dox him, but, uh, he knows who he is if he's listening to this <laughs> and you know, who, and you know who he is, <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, so I, but Actually, I think he brought this, but I also may have purchased this. This is uh, Corbel Brut from California. So it is called a champagne on the label, but it is one of those controversial California sparklings that call themselves champagne, and they repeatedly are sued by um, France because they're not actually champagne according to say, the French regulations. With no jurisdiction. jurisdiction. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So. Uh, so it is it is a sparkling wine of Pinot Noir Chardonnay and I think Chenin Blanc or Chenin Blanc um might have something else in it but those are the ones I recall it's about 12% ABV uh you know what it it's sort of how I feel about the reason I I thought it would be okay is cuz I did have Mexican food for dinner mm-hmm. uh, I made ta- I made tacos yesterday so we had leftover tacos nice. and I was like oh this might go well with it because they do recommend with like nachos or tacos or something like that champagne goes well with it. I don't necessarily agree, but, uh, I also don't really like sparkling wine. It's just not my thing. This is mm-hmm. fine. I think if it was still, I would probably like it a lot better. Uh, I, I served it at, uh, about 35 degrees Celsius. So, cause we put a little measurement thing in the refrigerator. Cause I was mm-hmm. just curious to be, see what my white wines were being served at. So quite cold. Uh, and it says that it would go well with seafood or, or Mexican or different types of leaner fishes. Uh, and that's fine. Um, a lot of citrus flavor, uh, kind of green apple pear, that kind of flavor as well. But overall, just uninspiring to me. It is a good price though. If you want a sparkling wine, because you can get this for about 12 bucks at Kroger. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for a sparkling wine, this is not a bad one to go for. It's it's a dry sparkling. You know, sometimes it's hard to tell. Uh, but if you l- go look at the sparkling wines and they say brute, that typically means that they're dry. So a little bit of knowledge there. It should be drier. Uh, and yeah. yeah, drier. Yeah, t- it, it is typically drier. So uh, and not, not bad. I, I just am not, you know, I'm just not a fan of this type of wine. I thought I'd give it another try. And it kind of confirms my biases, but also this may, you know, some of my review here may be my bias in general. So I just don't like sparkling. Yeah. So like my first thought would be is, and this is kind of one of those like hard to answer, you know, without doing the experiment. 
you may have served it too cold. Mm -hmm. And then now it may be too warm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I think like, like closer to 50, um, but maybe not 50. Cause like one of the things that like I find with like stuff when it gets super cold, that's supposed to be crisper. Yeah. It sometimes well, it champ- doesn't. Champagne is, yeah. I mean, champagne, I think I, I can't do the con- the conversion in my head, but mm-hmm. I think champagne is supposed to be like 10 degrees Celsius when you serve it, mm-hmm. um, which I think is, I always do like the rough calculation. I just add 30. So I think it's, I think it's like it's 40. Oh, is it 50? Okay. Yeah. So like what I was saying. <laughs> yeah. So maybe it is. Yeah. Maybe it is a little bit cold or a little bit too cold then I guess. Well, um, that's, that's the thing is like, I notice that I do like get more of the wine flavor from champagne or champagne style drinks. Yeah. When they're warmer. So, and that's the thing is like, I think as Americans, we tend to, as we have said, do things generally at a, at the wrong temperature for what's suggested. Um, so, and you know, I personally, excuse me, I know I definitely like, I don't usually chill anything. Like, I mean, I'll drink beer. I'm trying not to take up like for the most part straight out of the straight out of the can, not cold. Like I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with wines, like it just house temperature is fine with me. So like, I think that's one of those things where there's a lot to kind of drive the, the personal experience. And again, not that like, and that's the thing is like, I know you just don't care for this type of wine. And you know, I know some of it's bias, but I also know that's you, ha- you have given it a fair shake enough times to not be like, oh yeah, yeah. Like it's just Jacob screwing up again. You know, or like Jacob's like, oh, he clearly doesn't know what he's talking about. No, you know what you're talking about. Like, it's it's not for you, which is perfectly fine. Yeah. It's for the rest of us. And, and, and the thing is, too, is it's like, it's not the carbonation either. is Because I do like Chocolina, mm-hmm. um, which is a less sparkling, sparkling wine. Um, or it's 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 very slightly carbonated, but it's, it's a type of Spanish uh, from, I think, the Basque country. But it could, maybe it's from, uh, I guess, Galatia or wherever, whatever that part of. Spain is called. So it is a little bit different, but yeah, I just, whatever it is about sparkling wine, I just, something about it. I just, I just don't care for it. And, um, and it may be kind of a compounding that like, I, I do prefer red wines in general. There is also a sparkling red wine you can get from Jerusalem. That's kind of interesting, but it's sweet, uh, or sweeter. So it's not necessarily sparkling. It's just that I'm trying to think of, how to describe what it is that I'm not crazy about. It's just, I don't know. It, they always seem kind of too generic to me. Like they're just like not flavorful enough. The sparkling I find off putting most of the time, I think, which is weird because I, I do really like, uh, you know, seltzer water and I, and, mm-hmm. and diet Dr. Pepper and things like that. So like the carbonation, it must not be the issue. It's just that this combination is just not for me. And, and well, I don't and- know what it is, but you know, that's well, it, that's kind of the world of wine. Yeah, that's the thing is like I would like to go to the Champagne region of France and have it served by somebody who knows really what they're doing. Because I think it's one of those wines that you and I too frequently just aren't doing it the right way. And I think that's right. the big, big issue is I think if we had it the, that way and they would probably serve it with something – 
I think you would probably enjoy it more. Now, would you like go out and become an aficionado? Probably not. But I think like yeah. there's just too much of our own chances to screw it up. Because like I think that's the thing is like I definitely notice that when I let them get warmer, they have a different flavor. Right. So well, and that's a, that's a good point. So I mean, I think for the listeners, if if you are a, a champagne person in general, you can always reach out to us and tell us what what it is that you like. Uh, I I will say that uh, something that I think you and I both enjoy is uh, sangria or not sangria. Um, what's the orange juice one? Um, mimosa, mm-hmm. which is not always champagne. Sometimes that's like prosecco or something like that. Yeah, it's a sparkling also, and orange juice. Yeah, exactly. I I do like that. Um, but it, I think maybe it, I think it's, I think, and this is kind of just striking me now. I think a lot of it is, I tend to drink wine as like a sipping drink while I'm doing other things. And I don't feel like champagne really lends itself to that. Um, I, it's not that I don't think you're wrong. It's not that I think you're wrong necessarily. I think a lot of people use champagne in that like they you know it's a celebration sipping drink that you sip and talk and kind of do things but like that's also you're not doing stuff you know what i mean like you're 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 sipping it and communicating but it's not like you're you are kind of paying attention to the wine so no i i see that more now that i think about it um yeah yeah. but that's the thing is you know it's like, um, it's like, um, Pinot Noir. I know that there's fantastic Pinot Noirs out there. I've had enjoyable Pinot Noirs and it's not that you haven't had enjoyable sh- champagnes, yeah. but like most Pinot Noirs, I'm not going to go get again. Right. And, the yeah, same and thing I think with that's, I think that's a good just, way. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Is like, that okay. It's just kind of like, yeah, this is, it's fine. It's just not really my thing. Yeah. And it's like, uh, you know, Hey, more for the others who like it. And I'm going to go enjoy the things I like. Yeah. And and I think if I was to go ahead and rate this sort of on that same Cerveza of the Week, uh, because we're going to try to plug uh, Peaceful Treason because we like their show and we're very happy that they're back. uh, I would probably give this like a six out of 10. Mm -hmm. I I don't think it's, I don't think it's terrible. Uh, It's just not my jam. It's just not my thing. Yeah. And that's the thing is like most of that probably comes from, it's a well executed product. It's just not a product that you particularly need. And a good value too. Like it, it's not something that I like, but if, if there was some sort of thing that we were doing that required sparkling, mm-hmm. I definitely look this one up. It doesn't have any sort of off flavors or anything like that. It's just, you know, eh, it's just yeah. not my thing. It's like the new, it's like from like eh, kind of, as you have said in the past, it's like Apple produces for computers, good hardware. The operating system's not bad. It's just not for you. And right. Exactly. That's perfectly fine. Whereas they are for me and even though I'm not, I haven't used a Mac as my daily driver's computer in a long time and right. I plot to get back to that. But like, that's the, the fun thing is like, you know, that's, what's great about wine. That's, what's great about personal computers and cell phones is if it's not for you, there's something else to try and you should yeah. try it and, you know, try to find the vein of what you like and then go down that rabbit hole. Like when we were, you know, doing all those cab softs, it's like, well, this is what you like in a cab sauv. Okay, mm-hmm. well, so you like Oakville. Okay, let's try to find other Oakvilles. Yeah. Okay, this yeah. was good. This wasn't. Oh, what's the difference? Well, this is 2010. 
this is, and I'm making it up, 2015. Okay, well, clearly something was different in the 2015 year that made these so much better. Right. Okay. Yeah. Did and, they- and in 2014, I always say, one of the best years for Oakville. Mm-hmm. It was a really, a really good year, very accessible too, because they, they still have a lot of those available. Yeah. So, you know, and that's, that's the sort of thing is where you've got to go out and try different things and see what you like. And that's the same thing, you know, as to throw it more, uh, more obscure computer talk, uh, Linux. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and I used ones. to, I used to be a big Linux user too. And now I just don't want the hassle. Yeah. But, and, uh, and Linux but, has but, become uh, lately, way more stable. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and like, and, 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 and what's, what's sort of funny about that too, is that, um, the, and this will kind of maybe get into some of uh, – it won't get into our articles, but it has gotten into kind of the stuff that we've been talking about lately is like, you know, de-Googling or de-doing, you know, getting kind of away from the corporate sort of uh, systems or whatever is I've, – I've been looking more and more at that is like switching off of Chrome or off of uh, Android and into one of the open source Linux phone operating systems and things like that. So – you know, it's one of those things is that like everything has its time and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so champagne does have its time. It's just not my everyday sipping wine, but what is my everyday sipping yeah. wine Ooh. is red wine. Yes. And I have a really great article, very short. So we can, we can discuss this very quickly. Well, no, and real quick. It, do yeah. we have the plug still for the culinary libertarian? I don't have it pulled up, so we okay. can, we well, can, but we can plug him in general. I was going to say, um, for those who don't know, go check out the Culinary Libertarian. To the article. <laughs> yeah, that's right. To the article. So interesting turn of events <laughs> through, uh, yeah, through a bunch of studies. So something that they've actually known since back in 2003 is that the tannins that are present in red wines mm-hmm. actually block uh, – two key enzymes in uh, SARS and coronaviruses or SARS COVID viruses. I'm, I'm not really sure what the difference is between the two, but they, they kind of re- reference them interchangeably in this article. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's tannins that are in bananas, in red wine, and also just red grapes. Um, and uh, a couple of other things as well, tea and... Um, so it's see. not the resveratrol. Link. No, it's not okay. the resveratrol. Even it's t- yeah, it's yeah. tannins. Yeah, it's yeah. these specific tannins, and uh, so they they actually discovered this in 2003. But this lab in Taiwan did a new study to to confirm this with the current uh, COVID pandemic disease or whatever that that particular strain of COVID, mm-hmm. and turns out that that also helps uh, prevent the spread of COVID. So remember how we were ragging on Gavin Newsom for going and having that like really fancy dinner without a mask at that restaurant in California. Mm -hmm. Well, assuming he was drinking red wine, that was probably better than the mask because the tannins block the enzymes of the virus and make it so that you can't actually catch it. It's not transmissible anymore. Um, Interesting. So I I wonder what the, the level of consumption has to be. Uh, it doesn't say in the article, it, it just, so I'll, I'll go ahead and read like a quote or whatever. It sure. says, uh, it says grape and sorghum have relatively high tannin content. In fact, we are doing research in this area. We hope that in the near future, we can come up with the decision of whether 
wine or bijuji, which is, I think, a sorghum alcohol, um, is more potent in tannins. And then uh, a different quote that is also related to this is they say, hold on, let me find it. I have it. I got highlighted here. It says, okay, the initial plan of the research is to call out natural compounds that may have an effect on SARS and then use the uh, pro protease, I'm not sure what that word is, but um, of the new coronavirus to detect them. Them antenic acid was found in the results. It bears a strong inhibitory ability. Hmm. So they just basically, they say like these things that have these types of tannins have a strong in inhibitory, which means it prevents it, I guess, um, ability in, you know, with coronavirus. So they say two key enzymes, which I think is interesting, but they don't really name the enzymes in the article. Of course not. Yeah. They just, they just say it just, it stops these two key enzymes and that makes it so that you can't really get it. So, and it's all based off of a 2003. So this is apparently like this Taiwanese, um, research facility was just kind of like, we already kind of know what to use against COVID viruses Mm -hmm. and it, and it hasn't changed. That's kind of the, the gist of it. And they're like, one of the things is tannins, tea, wine, bananas, and then sorghum based drinks. So interesting article. Well, I don't eat a lot of fruit. I don't like tea and I hadn't been drinking a lot of red wine when I caught COVID. So could be, yeah. <laughs> what about what about vegetables? Because it says that tannins are uh, highly present in a lot of vegetables, but it doesn't say which ones. We you I do mean, eat you eat kale, right? Not anymore. I mean, it's not oh. that I don't eat kale. I just don't eat as much as I used to. Okay. Um, it's not that I. Yeah, I mean, like for a while there, or for a while, I have been making like a chicken and rice and mushroom dish. Okay. Um, so I haven't been eating as many vegetables like with my lunch since I do the intermittent fasting, it's usually with dinner, but I also listen to a lot of, uh, the American glutton podcast and, uh, vegetables are poison. <laughs> so, Oh, okay. Well, apparently, uh, apparently then if that's the case, then that's probably why you got COVID. You need to drink more wet red wine, Mason. <laughs> and more tea and eat bananas. <laughs> yes, right. Well, I mean, like, uh, given, like, getting cramps and stuff like that, like, I could see that. Um, I also had stopped taking magnesium, and I've started doing that again, so. Hmm. Yeah, so I just thought that was kind of an interesting article. And yeah. the reason it was, because as soon as I read that, my mind instantly went to, this is a perfect excuse for Gavin Newsom to say why he didn't, he wasn't wearing a mask at that dinner. He could have just been like, but I was drinking red wine. <laughs> don't recall me. You don't. You only need 150,000 more votes. Or did you signatures. see the, so the most recent thing? This will just be like an anecdote before we get into the uh, second mm-hmm. um, article. Although I'm not going to go point by point on the second article. It's just sure. kind of more of a general thing because I think yeah. it's kind of funny. But the the sort of tidbit on Gavin Newsom is that um, one of like his press secretary or somebody like that was like, these Republicans are trying to spend a hundred million dollars on this recall election, even though he only has 22 months at the time of the recall election uh, to serve. So they're just wasting a hundred million dollars of taxpayer dollars. And the Republican response, which I thought was very funny and kind of clever to some degree is they were like, yeah, 
based on the amount of money that you lost in the unemployment scandal, we could have 300 recall elections and still beat you in spending taxpayer dollars. <laughs> Which because they, they they lost uh, 10.6 billion dollars in that uh, unemployment scam or not scam, but like basically they paid unemployment to to the tune of 10.3 billion dollars to people who shouldn't have received it, and then they're causing additional problems because they can't sort that out. So like people who were eligible for the unemployment are now also on the hook for a whole bunch of taxes on that unemployment that they wouldn't have otherwise had to pay. Mm -hmm. And so like now they're like, but we can't pay this. <laughs> and so like there's like, it, it, it's it's a whole, I mean, it's, you know, as usual. Yeah. yeah, as usual, big government. But it's, but on the kind of the note of California, because I thought that was kind of funny. One of the things I wanted to talk about that I thought was interesting, you don't you don't scan the kind of wine articles as much as I do. Um, but like I go through this and to me, and this may be my own bias, uh, you know, and full disclosure to everybody, I am not a Trump supporter, although I did enjoy the Trump administration quite a bit. Knew many uh, aspects of it, yes. Yeah, yeah, many aspects of it. Um there has been a distinct change in the tone of reporting on the California wine industry in the last two weeks, oh. like ex extremely different. Hmm. So I had prepared several articles uh, last week when we were with Rollo that were from the probably the pre previous two weeks that were about how everything in California is going to hell. And um, like one of the things that I wanted to talk about, I brought this because of, because Slappy was going to be on it and Slappy's involved in insurance was the crop insurance fiasco that's in California, which is, by the way, subsidized by um, the United States federal government and also to some degree the California state government. Uh, yeah. But, um, <laughs> but uh, there was just kind of like article after article about how all of these different things were going to like cause like California wine industry to collapse and all that sort of stuff. And then in like the last week, maybe week and a half, they've all changed to like blue skies and rainbows and butterflies, mm -hmm. which and it, I, I'm really trying to make sure that this is not my bias, but like just scrolling through the wine industry news website, it's just from, if you just go back one week, it's everything is, is terrible. And then if you go into this week or the last week to some degree too, it's everything is great. And so the article that I thought was kind of interesting that kind of highlighted this whole change in, I guess, uh, tone is the title of it is bad year turns good for California. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and it's, and it's an interesting article. Uh, so California did have recently a, um, a big, uh, wine event that they did virtual this year because of COVID and, they're they're looking at what's going on and and it may just be that these statistics came out recently and that's why it looks at like this but it, it does look awfully suspicious to me that it's like one of those you know every people were predicting this kind of going into uh the Biden administration that as soon as Biden gets inaugurated covid will kind of go away right mm -hmm. and and it hasn't gone away for sure but you you have of the democratic governors who are most critical of Trump you've got like well, even Gavin Newsom, but you've got Cuomo, Gavin Newsom, the chicken, uh, Minnesota, uh, the governor of Colorado, all these people now calling to open up the economy. Mm -hmm. 
And like, what's changed between three weeks ago when you were telling us that everything was awful. And then now we're in this new phase and like, you're like, Oh, well, it's going to be here forever. So we just got to open up. So like, you know, to play, to play my own devil's advocate, look, maybe there was new data that came out and made them change their mind. But there's also things like the CDC has now changed the number of PCR cycle requirements to lower it from, I think it was like 44 down to like 20 something, which means like they're just not going to detect as much. So all of the statistics are now going to look like things are getting better. Um, you know, things like that, where like, there's just a whole bunch of stuff where it's like, yeah, you guys are kind of full of shit. Uh, and, and the way that they report in the wine industry also seems to be me to be that way. Cause you and I started this show around the beginning of the Trump administration and everything in the news was like, all these tariffs are going to kill the American wine industry and we're not going to be able to get French wines and all that sort of stuff. And, and for the most part, like we didn't really see a huge amount of change for, at least for us in our segment of the consumer market. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some, but not, not a huge, huge amount. And you and I are both very anti-tariff and stuff like that. So, you know, th- there is something to be said for that. But in this case, like, where were these statistics in this article a month ago? And one of the things that they are saying is going to be really great for California is that in the United States, uh, wine consumption has remained steady during COVID. And uh, you've got places like China where uh, wine consumption is down by 30%. In Mexico, wine consumption is down by 15%. And different European Union countries by different degrees. But overall, the EU is down by uh, between 5 and 10% in wine consumption, which is pretty astonishing for Europe. Um, but in the United States, uh, wine consumption has actually risen moder- moderately. And who is that good for? That is good for California because that's where the majority of American wine comes from. And um, so they, they kind of go through a lot of different things in this. One of the one of the things that they're attributing to this is that uh, in California they pulled out about uh, I think they were calling to pull out thirty thousand acres of wine grapes, but they actually only end up pulling out about half that I believe. I think twenty. Or no, they were calling to pull out fifty thousand. They only pulled out thirty thousand mm-hmm. um, acres of, of grapes. And one of the things that they pulled out the most of was Cab Sauv. And this was in a response to in two thousand nineteen, there was a glut of bulk grapes, and the glut those bulk grapes were mostly Cab Sauv. So it was kind of like subpar um, Cab Sauv being produced to make mostly box like box wine and um, bulk wines that are kind of white labeled and then redistributed in different ways, which doesn't mean it's bad wine necessarily, but it's just not great. And so the the California wine industry, I think it's sort of hard to say, but it's the, it's, it's an association there kind of encouraged people to start pulling these out. But it was also that uh, the bulk wine industry itself kind of realized they had saturated. Mm -hmm. And so they, they mostly pulled out Cab Sauv and Chardonnay because that is what they, in 2019, they were just stuck with. They had barrels and barrels and barrels of this juice. They didn't know what to do with it. And they couldn't sell it. Um, so that's one of the reasons that they're saying this is going to be actually a really good year for California. And then the other thing was last year, this, the fires were a real big problem for the wine industry in California. But the 2021 year is a good harvest year. And... Um, 
you know, they're, they didn't have the smoke taint that they had from the previous year. We didn't have a huge amount of, of fires. Now, granted, we still have uh, we still have several months to go in 2021. We're only in February here. Or actually, we're still in January, aren't we? <laughs> yep. Uh, today's <laughs> the last day. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so we actually still have 11 months to go, but they're already calling 2021 to be a fantastic year. Um, but like a lot of the grapes in 2020 were uh, – well, they, they fear that they're smoke tainted. They don't know for sure. Um, but also they left a lot of grapes on the vines in 2020 and 2019 or 2019, not 2020, 19, 2019 and 2020, because they just didn't have a market for it. Um, or they were the types of grapes that were bound for the Chinese market and the Chinese were not drinking wine anymore. Plus the tariffs from the Trump administration. So the, I think it's interesting Like they do go through all of the bright points that are coming up. Uh, in the next year for California, which I, I'm very encouraged by, but also if, like I said, I, I read these articles a lot. Like this is one of the things that I just look through on probably a daily basis and the headlines and the tone of articles has completely changed in the last two weeks. And I really think whether intentional or not, that there is a, in, even in, in wine journalism, there is this weird bias that, Everything is bad at a certain point because of the president. Mm -hmm. And now that uh, Silent Joe is, I think, what we're going to end up calling him because he has made like no appearances publicly since he's become president, or very few, not no, but um, that they seem to be very optimistic about this. We'll see how long this kind of honeymoon period lasts because already you're starting to see a lot of the more far further left-wing publications start to kind of criticize him for – uh, being basically normal, like being a, a standard kind of neocon center left candidate, uh, which everybody knew he was. But um, even in, in wine journalism is kind of the point I'm making is that there is this sort of, I, I, I like I said, giving the benefit of the doubt, a, a unintentional bias to make things seem better than they actually are. I mean, California has a lot of problems right now. Mm -hmm. and, and this is, I think, going to reflect in the wine industry. You've got a governor who, as I mentioned, has a has just one scandal as a $10.6 billion unemployment scandal. You've got a myriad of, of environmental regulations. You've got people fleeing the state. You have so many problems going on in California right now that, I, I mean, you know, it is our agriculture. Agriculture just mostly relies on the sun shining and there being water. Um, but I don't see how in two weeks you can kind of switch from a tone of everything sh is shit to a tone of things are looking up. Mm -hmm. Like it's just kind of, to me, that seems like a very obvious bias, but it's also, I could be biased. Maybe that's the reason. No. So here's the thing that like I have been thinking about this entire time is how like, so the Trump administration had plenty of scandals. Like, did you hear anything about like how many donations like just seemed to have disappeared from the Trump campaign? Mm -hmm. Like there was all this stuff. And then like Biden takes over and excuse me, the whole GameStop thing kicks off. Then, you know, it's just like, and they blame that on Trump. Yeah, they too, blame they, funny. they try to blame it on Trump. They try to do all this stuff, but like 
the wheels, like the wheel, it, it's not even like, it's like Trump takes office. Nobody in the CIA, like, I mean, there's the, the Russia gate thing for three years, but it was almost like they were all like, look, 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 dude, we're going to sit you down. Listen to us. We're not going to kill you. You're not going to be president again. So do whatever you're going to do. Just know that if you start blabbing, they'll never see your corpse and you'll never see your, you know, like they did something to kind of get him to not be the guy that like, there was no reason he shouldn't have been, you know what I mean? Like there, like he clearly either didn't want to be president became, you know, something happened, but like we literally have like $70 billion evaporate from hedge funds right? by people just messing with GameStop. And it's not even like, it's not like they were like Tesla shorts or like Amazon or, you know, like these massive companies. It's GameStop. GameStop's big, but it's not that big. Like by comparison, like it's not Exxon, it's not Coca-Cola, like it's a big company, but it's not that big. And like immediately, like you just see like corporate journalists step up to cover for everybody else. And as far as I can tell, no one's buying it. Like I haven't seen anybody who isn't like, yeah, these guys are like, I've seen people go like, yeah, they shouldn't be doing what they're doing, but I don't see anybody going like, yeah, the head, those poor hedge funds, you know, like real people. And like, it's like the wheels are coming off at a level unprecedented, like immediately. So to me, like, I, I agree, like the, the narrative on the reporting flipped around it, like, it's clear that all of this lockdown was purely designed to keep Trump out of office again. Right. And maybe that's what maybe, you know, like, I, I'm not going to say these people are that smart. (laughs) You know, I don't think they are. So like, I kind of wonder, is it like they told Trump, like you could die or you could just lose and whatever. Cause like I listened to, um, there's an episode of the, um, Oh, uh, Jordan Peterson show like the podcast for him. And he had the Douglas Murray on and like how much they were sucking the dick of people going like, Oh, it's unacceptable what Trump did. And like this, you know, the riots and stuff like that. It's like, so the Capitol building, which was barely damaged and isn't that important in the grand scheme of things, like Portland and Seattle have been constantly destroyed. Federal buildings attacked, like, I saw an article saying that Antifa was literally launching mortars against like people at the federal buildings they were attacking. Right. Like, and you're worried about some people who stormed the Capitol. Like, I mean, like the rails are coming off at a level that I have never, I never thought was possible. Like as you, as you've heard me say, and like, you know, I clearly wasn't right. Like we don't live in extraordinary times. Mm. Clearly, I was wrong. <laughs> like, clearly. Well, I, I don't. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I would defend that to some degree. Is that I think clearly we live in interesting times. Mm-hmm. I mean, but it's. Um, but I mean, even with the capital riot, what? I mean, 
and this is me putting my tinfoil hat on, to me, this is clearly orchestrated to grab power. And not that 9-11 wasn't a real attack or anything, but it's kind of the same thing. Is like I see this as kind of being like, well, now we need a, a Patriot Act for domestic terrorism because of this, you know, where a couple of people died. I think I think like two of them were heart attacks. Two heart attacks, three heart – I think it was three heart attacks and one person was shot. Like yeah, one exactly. capital so, police officer was killed. No, like – so like – you know, one of the things they say about like people who really talk about the Patriot Act is Joe Biden, dictator in chief, or yeah. disappeared Joe, whatever you want to call him. But yeah, I, whatever you said was funny. I just can't remember what it was. Oh, um, silent Joe. Yeah, Silent Joe. Yeah, like he's old. He's old enough to be part of the Silent Generation. That's <laughs> why I thought it was funny. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think that's true. I think. I think no, he's actually from the Greatest Generation. But no, that's that's funny either way. Um, <laughs> yeah, but. Like we literally had like they had written the Patriot Act in the mid 90s, like had had been trying to pass it. And they finally found an excuse. I don't think what happened at the Capitol was orchestrated, intentional or any of that. But no good problem goes to wait, like no good, whatever the words are. Yeah, yeah. Goes to never waste. Let a, never let a crisis go to waste. Yeah, as a, I think that's a Sololinsky, I think, or no, it's the, or, uh, um, the the guy who led Chicago before that, the black lady uh, Eric Holder or something. Mm. He was in the Obama administration. Yeah, Holder. Yeah, yeah, I do. I remember who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So Holder, like, somebody. Yeah, yeah. So none of this was new. This is all in legislation. All stuff that they had been trying to pass for years. So to me, it's like there's nothing new. It's just oh, we have an opportunity to do these things now. And so I think that leads to the ultimate uh, plug for Childerberg and Childerberg Town. Yes. So Childerberg is our annual event right now in Texas. It is going to be at the Mule Shoe Bend Recreational Area, the 29th through 31st of May, 2021. For those who have not been to Childerberg, um, it's a gathering of liberty-minded friends, folks, and adjacent people. Uh, are, are their spouses if they get dragged along? Are their dogs if they get dragged <laughs> along? Or right. whomever. Um, so it's in Texas. It's warm, but it's a lot of fun. There's a lake, plenty of good swimming. It's about 40 minutes outside of Austin. So you can definitely come up in the morning, hang out all day, go home or go back to Austin to uh, a hotel. There's plenty of hotels nearby. I mean, they're, they're a little bit of a hike, but yeah. what, 20 minutes, like at the most. We actually, and like, yeah, we, I mean, door we, door we stayed at, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to remember what it was. We stayed, I think it was, uh, and, and I only stayed one night at mm-hmm. the, cause Victoria didn't want to camp. It was, I think a holiday Inn express. Yeah. But I mean, uh, there's, there's plenty of Airbnbs around. So if you like, you yeah, want to get a, right. a group of friends together to do an Airbnb, like plenty of that. Um, so come out, you know, we've got, and uh, I guess this would be the live announcement unless Jacob has posted it to the Childerberg Twitter, which is just Childerberg on Twitter. Uh, the yeah. website is up. You can go on yeah. there and subscribe to the newsletter, um, which we will do a better job of putting those out, actually. Um, I think you know we should be getting camping spots, signups kind of going out soon. Um, uh, yeah, probably I, I for timing the, I ones. Already- yeah, I already have the spots reserved. Mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to figure out what we want to do this year because what's, what's interesting about the last two times, and, and this is still a learning experience for us too as we do this, I reserved a ton of spots 
and then everybody stayed at like two mm-hmm. last time. And so this time I reserved, let's see, I think I reserved enough for 50 people. Um, I would, I'm going to probably put out a uh, sort of a sign up where people can kind of fill out the form, sign up that they're coming. And it'll mostly just be a head count and also where I can kind of assign people in case we have like a ridiculous number of people. Um, but uh, bear in mind that last time we were there, they didn't really care how many people were at each spot. They just don't mm-hmm. check. But also the amount of space that is available is pretty big. So um, we've got enough room really to accommodate everybody. If if the signups, and I'm going to probably put signups out this month, if the signups start getting really large, I'll just reserve some extra spaces because there are a lot of spaces still available. Um, but one thing I want to encourage everybody to do is this is money that comes out of our pockets uh, initially, and then we make that up through donations and T-shirt sales. The t-shirts are up on the Childerberg website. I haven't made a big announcement on Twitter yet, but if uh, by the time this episode comes out, um, you know, you'll be able to go and uh, buy a shirt and that really helps out the, um, the costs that we've already put out. But also uh, if you're interested in donating, then uh, go over to the, the site. All right now I have a PayPal link. I'm going to work with Rollo, I think, to get a – I'm looking at the website right now, and Victoria keeps buzzing me, and it comes. It makes a buzz in my ear. I hope that the show's not picking it up. No, but, you're not, um, we're not picking it up at all. Okay, good. Um, so if you go over to the website, you can, you can donate right now with PayPal. I'm going to work with Rollo to try to get a Bitcoin donation thing up. So bear in mind, once all of our costs are met, Everything else is going to freeross.org, mm-hmm. which reminds me, I'm going to write this down because it reminds me I need to put a link up on the site for freeross.org for, uh, because that is where, you know, we, we were really hoping at the end of the Trump administration that he would pardon Ross because mm-hmm. he had a, an extremely unfair, um, what is it? Double or triple life sentence? Double life sentence plus 45, I think is the, I think is what okay. the, the sentence is something like that. Yeah, just absolutely ludicrous for the the circumstances. Given how many, even, even yeah, yeah, like given how many of the people that put him in jail went to jail themselves. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So exactly. So uh, that is what the the proceeds are for. Hopefully, we can get. I mean, you know, maybe the Biden and you know he's senile, so maybe we can figure out some way to like sneak in a pardon in front of him and he'll sign it. Or uh, maybe he'll you know collapse the government and we can go let him out. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, something I'm, I'm hoping so. But that, that's really the kind of the last hope for Ross Ulbricht right now is that uh, we get a pardon. And, yeah, and, uh, and that's every every extra dollar we can. We try to, as many of the things that we do, we try to uh, do with a mind toward uh, freeing Ross and other, you know, I mean, once Ross is free, we'll find another person of similar um abuse because i mean that that's clearly happening all over the case to uh try to get free because there's nothing that would be more you know i think like i I think the one thing that could get me to possibly cast a vote for biden would be if he pardoned the three majors um he pardoned uh, snowden if he pardoned ross and if he pardoned um julian assange i might actually have to vote for him (laughs) you know what i mean like kind of that classic like 
these are the, yeah. the the big three. And then, I mean, but like there was also somebody like those posting that, you know, some sort of way of trying from the federal government to end the death penalty, which um, in many ways, you know, clearly we both would be very happy about. Um, right. Now, of course, commensurate, the people would spend the rest of their life in jail, but, you know, I mean, like set all that aside. Um, you know, that could be, there could be some amazing things. He, like you said, he is senile. Maybe there's some things that people could talk him into. Um, yeah. Or, you know, maybe Kamala, uh, when she eventually strangles that poor old man in his sleep. Um, right. <laughs> that's what I think she's going to do. Cause she's yeah. a harpy, uh, maybe to try to get reelected herself. Cause she's, there's no way she would win on her own. Um, maybe she'll, uh, talk, um, maybe that'll be one of the things is she'll pardon, uh, those three just to, to, you know, possibly get some yeah. votes, which would be amazing. I'd be all for it. Yeah. So. And that's what, that's what I'm hoping. So anyway, so that's what Childeberg is about. We're trying to get that. We're also going to have, uh, this year, some live comedy and some live music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think this is going to be a really fun time for it's everybody. Be a banner year. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is this is our big comeback because I think Childeberg Dose we had so much momentum behind it, and then COVID kind of like wrecked a lot of that. And we still had a really great time, and we mm-hmm. had um, you know a, a large number of participants, uh, a little bit a little bit bigger than the first year, I think. But it would have been it was like, clearly much larger yeah. had people been able to truly feel like they could come, you know, like I I travel freely. And also mm -hmm. the money aspect, I think for a lot of people was, was a pretty, um, a lot of people didn't know what was going on financially for them. And I think that's kind of was a really big stopping point. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that a lot of this will be worked out. You know, um, I listen to the no agenda podcast every once in a while, and they've got a prediction going right now that it's, I think, uh, what's Easter this year. Uh, you definitely uh, shouldn't be asking me. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's April third, oh, April fourth. April fourth is Easter this year. They're predicting that. Well, I think actually, just one of the hosts is predicting that everything will be back to you know quote unquote normal to some degree. Maybe still mass mandates and things like that, but but mostly everything will be open by April fourth. Hmm. And he he's saying that based off of the rhetoric that he's seeing coming from the Biden administration, plus the symbolic nature of opening up on Easter when Trump couldn't because mm-hmm. he Trump Trump remember last year said that we'll open up on Easter. Yeah. Um, is, and then also all of the democratic governments in the various States saying, Hey, we got to get back up. We got to open back up. And then like the, the, you know, the supposed um, vaccine is going around. Speaking of which, you know, my dad had that vaccine. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. The Pfizer one. He, he yeah. says he's, he says he feels fine, but well, uh, like, I mean, that's the thing is like your dad is, your dad is a workhorse. Like I really don't like, I mean, there have been some people that were particularly very well off that have done very badly with it. But like, you know, I wouldn't expect your dad to be somebody to have issues with it. Yeah. You know, well, but, and, and from my understanding, it's, it's the Moderna one is, is, well, or maybe it's a Pfizer one. One of the, one of the ones, the one that he didn't get is the one where people are having bad reactions to it. And then, like, the the funny thing too is like the Johnson and Johnson one's about to come out here soon, and it's only sixty six percent effective. And the and if you include the entire population, the death rate for COVID is like one point four percent or something like that. 
It's even if you, less than that, I think. I think I think it's 1.4 if you include the entire population. Okay, no, I, uh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And but if you do it by age group, it's like most of the most of it is like 99.99 percent. You're just you're you're going to get a cold and then be fine. Yeah, I, I <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the thing is like, you know, there. This is one of those ones where. I can't believe they didn't open up for like, and and this is the thing that's always kind of hard to keep in mind because the U S always operates so hard heavily from a top down perspective, Mm -hmm. but then like watching the governors basically try to destroy Trump's chance of reelection by not opening up and not, and like having these insane reporting requirements and, like I don't understand why Trump didn't fire Fauci immediately. Just yeah, I, I like, don't either. And, and, and w- like the more, like the more in retrospect I look at this, the more I'm kind of like, I don't think he was as much of a wild dog as we thought. I, I think that he kind of played that role to some degree, but I think he's. I mean, I, you and I have never really had a lot of respect for him. No, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of like. I found him very entertaining, but if you look just policy wise, not that different. Yeah. And, and and the thing, like the thing I will say about Trump is I personally feel that most of his decisions were driven by the fact that he was worried for his family. And I think rightly so given who he was up against. And honestly, like, I personally feel that they came to him and were saying, look, you can make a go of this. You're a billionaire. You can try, you can spend as much money as you want on reelection. Right. We are going to do everything to stop you. You can try to blow the, the things off of this, but it's just, we're going to make your life hell no matter what. And I honestly think he was just like, I'm not going to do this anymore. And I, I think that's why you see him kind of exit the way he did. Because, like, I mean, let's think about it this way. He's a billionaire. If he truly wanted to, he could have he could have literally restarted Parler the next day. Right. Could have bought servers, spun, spun the entire service back up, and then been, you know, blasting out tweets all over the place. He could have gone on locals. Like, I mean, he could have done any of those things, but he hasn't. He hasn't been putting out press releases. I seriously think he was just kind of like, they were like, look, you can be done. Go live your life. We're not going to come after you. None of that stuff. Like we'll kill Cortez or whatever. If she tries to do, you know, really tries to come up, become a problem. Cause like, you know, Bernie's not out there raising a hell like, and you would expect him to be like at this point, based on everything that's going on, like there's just so much that you would expect these people to be doing. And that's where I think he's just kind of like, and I think that's the na- the insidious nature of the deep state is it's just like, no, he like, he has too much. Trump has too much to lose in his family compared to himself. If it was just him, like if he was just, you know, didn't have a wife, didn't have kids, Hell yeah, he would have burned that bridge. He would have been that crazy guy. But I think he was trying to set his kids up to, you know, have success after him in politics, which I don't think he was able to do. But then I think it was also just like, I want to live. <laughs> like, and they, I want them to live a, a, an okay life. 
Yeah. So. And, I, and that's, and that's one of those things is like a, you and I always go kind of back and forth on this is, it's always sort of hard to decide how much to put the tinfoil hat on and how much is just like, this is just the way it works. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's just, it doesn't matter. And, and you know, this, I think this whole GameStop thing is, have you looked at it actually the options at all for the uh, GameStop stuff? I tried to log in the other night because I, I, last night I really couldn't sleep very well. Um, because okay. I had been, like I said, I've been taking those uh, Delta 8 THC um, gummies and they're just basically like, um, they're just, they're not weed, but they're um, the other one the legal one. Um, and, and so like I ran out the other night and, and it was just my first night not taking anything. So I didn't sleep very well. So I tried to log in cause I, I really, I think we could make some money on the GameStop thing. Um, cause I think it's, I think it's still got legs to go up to about 500 bucks. And I think we could probably get in and make about a hundred dollars a share. I was only looking like when I was asking you about the other day, I was only thinking about risking like a, you know, roughly two to three shares worth of, uh, at opening. Um, but yeah, like I, I hadn't had a chance to get any of the options because when I tried to log into the account, I was like, you need to get a text message. And I was on my iPad and I was like, I'm cold and I don't want to get out of the blanket, so I can't get to my phone. <laughs> right. so, uh, yeah. No, I, I haven't like, checked the legs yet. Yeah. So if you look, if you look at the, um, this is what, I mean, this is one of the reasons why like, I'm just like, I don't want to go anywhere near this right now. So like right now, or the last time it traded was at about uh, 325, it looks like. Um if you let's go to the what let's just go to an at the money call real quick. Um, a three twenty five call right now is, um, and obviously like I wouldn't buy a three. Uh, let's see what's the closest to three twenty five. Let's go with three thirty uh, or uh, yeah three thirty three thirty call a three thirty call right now is so the bid. So this is why this is another reason why I think it's crazy at this point and why I don't want to go anywhere near it. the bid on it is one eighty four ninety five. Mm-hmm. The ask on it is um one ninety six eighty five. So if you bought one, this now granted it gives you a control of a hundred shares, but I mean this is a this bid ask on this is crazy to me, and uh, the delta. But the, you know, but the delta on this is seventy nine right now. So like you, seventy nine point or point seven nine three. So you know, if it goes up just one dollar, you're going to make seventy nine dollars times a hundred. So I mean, like, so I mean, this is assuming the Greeks are accurate, accurate, you know, accurately representing what's going on. But you know. Looking at the other Greeks, which I don't have pulled up right now, because um, I don't have I don't have like you know theta and gamma and all that sort of stuff pulled up, but like just the basics, it's like this is just so crazy. Like the volatility on this is too crazy mm-hmm. to for me to be anywhere near this. I can't make any decisions on this at all. And but from my understanding, this was the guy, the main guy who's kind of been involved in this, who kind of brought it up originally. He's been in this since, since like August. Uh, September yeah. of 2019. Oh, September of 2019, and mm-hmm. bought leaps, which means it could have been two years out. So he mm-hmm. could be like r- ridiculously rolling in the dough right now. Yeah, no, um, they're they're. If you go on the Wall Street Bets um, subreddit, which is still open, there are guys who bought in at forty five thousand dollars worth yeah. and have like a 
a on paper value of 1.2 million. Like, yeah, and there, there are people, you know, bought in at a hundred or not a hundred, but like, you know, they've got values of $65,000. There's a guy, a couple guys who were like, I could pay off all my debts and be free, but they're not doing it. I mean, you know, $65,000, like that is a lot of money for most of the world, but in the United States, it's not a huge amount of money. Yeah. So, but yeah, like that's, but either way, that's kind of way outside of our uh, general purview, but this is just to show the peaceful treason guys. We know a lot about the Greeks. So if you're going to talk about GameStop, should call the boys. I I, I might be, I might be going on for this, the Cerveza of the week next time. Ooh. And maybe we should bring you on too, because um, they, I, I really liked their episode, but they had like, there was too much conflation of things that are not related. Like they, mm-hmm. they kept conflating futures with options and like, they're not the same thing. Correct. And the, there um, was a, just a few things in there where it's like, I understand. I don't know everything about the situation, but like there were a couple times where it's like, no, that's not actually what that is. Um, but again, like how many times have you and I been like, just that's true. I mean, that's true. I, and, and how many times have I gotten burned by thinking something was one way and mm-hmm. then like going like, oh crap, I didn't realize that this is what that meant. And then, you know, I lost, uh, you know, 500 bucks or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, oh, but it is something that you and I paid attention to for several years. And so like, it's one of those things that, you know, if we get the, what you were talking about earlier, if we get that group going one of the things I'm going to kind of press everybody is to get me to re finish reading the um, trading options Greeks book so that I, and, and kind of memorizing a lot of that stuff. Cause that is very, very helpful information. Yeah. I, I think a lot of it isn't helpful right now. I think there's a lot of um, problems in the market, but again, I could be wrong. So speaking of that um, for those of you who are trying to improve your lives, I am looking at trying to put together over the next month or so. And so this is the end of January. So what this episode come out sometime early February. Uh, I might, I might just put it out tomorrow. Yeah. So early February, (laughs) it's literally tomorrow. Um, I am looking at trying to put together a libertarian mastermind. I'm not looking specifically for anybody who wants to be a real estate investor. It's not a focused mastermind other than trying to find a way to better hold ourselves accountable through peers and friends and improving our lives. Um, so it doesn't cost anything. Um, you'll need a, a memo pad to write down your goals. The goal will be to try to meet every two weeks or so, and we'll try to um, help each other move further down the path of liberty, whatever that path is for you. So if you're interested, uh, tastinganarchy at gmail.com, you have to put in the subject mastermind participation. Um, and in the email itself, you need to put what your overall goal is. Now, if you're not sure, um, sorry, you gotta be sure. Um, (laughs) And it can be kind of vague because like my goal is to be financially free. How am I going to choose to be financially free? I've got four different business opportunities, yada, 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 you know, that sort of thing. But it can't be like, I want to be a millionaire by the time I'm 50. You've got to have some sort of goal um, and time frame in there. And so send that along to tastinganarchy um, at gmail.com. 
and we'll try to get something together. Jacob and I are going to participate roughly. Uh, Rallo may participate. Uh, he, uh, you know, if he's not cool with that. Volunteer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, I texted him and he, he said he was interested. Um, okay. so, you know, we'll see like, again, it, you know, obviously it's not costing anybody anything at the moment. Um, but the idea is in the end of January of 2022, I would like to be able to have an episode of the show or maybe a different show, whatever show where we talk about what we got out of it this year. Um, I'll be 35 at that point. You'll be turning 35 later in that year. Um, oh my, oh my God. Yeah. Am I? I'm 34. You'll be turning 34 soon, my friend. Um, <laughs> exactly. And, and that's kind of, that's kind of, oh, that's part of the idea is there are too many people making too much money and take the GameStop thing aside, set that, you know, set that crazy luck. And now there are plenty of people who like, there are plenty of people who studied the Greeks and studied the the fundamentals of that company. And were like, no, this is wrong. This is a good company. Set that all aside. There are too many people making good money that we shouldn't be left behind. And not that we aren't making good money, but we're not free. And let's see if we can get free people. I agree. Great place to stop. That's my pitch. <laughs> All right, man. From right. us or Tasty Anarchy. Stay free. Become free. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take it easy, everyone. All right, have a good one.